from the front lines of the green rush. This is Green Entrepreneur, where business owners talk about how they found success in cannabis and how you can too. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is John Small, and I am the editor-in-chief of Green Entrepreneur. And you don't need me to tell you that we are all busier and busier than ever. And we need help. We desperately need some help. But there is a dwindling number of job applicants and this greater need for efficiency, which has led many to consider new solutions to getting the help they need. And my guest, Tajana Mallory, says she has one such solution. Tajana is the founder and chief executive of Canna Assistance, which is a virtual assistant agency that provides administrative support to mid-sized cannabis companies, their founders, and business executives. Tajana, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. So I'm excited to talk to you because I've been thinking often about getting myself a virtual assistant. So this is somewhat self, self-indulgent self as well as hopefully helping the audience as well. But talk to me a little bit about what Can Assistance does. Yes. So I will go ahead and tell you, Jonathan, that if you are already thinking about it, that means that it is well past the time for you to get yourself <laughs> an assistant. <laughs> We're going to talk. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At Can Assistance, you know, we provide administrative support to entrepreneurs and professionals in the cannabis industry. It's a super, super fast paced industry. And I think that's what sets it apart separately from other industries and what makes the need even greater. But I also believe that in this industry, it makes it harder for people such as yourself to recognize when it is time to actually get that assistant. My philosophy is that having administrative support is a necessity. It is not a luxury. A lot of times people think like, I'm not busy enough or I don't have enough money. But honestly, as you start to grow and build your business, you realize that having that support really increases your business's bottom line. And so that is where I have calls with potential clients and I try and, you know, help them understand that. And we can certainly talk about that more, but um, that's generally my philosophy. So what's your background? Great question. So I worked in corporate America as an executive assistant for over a decade. And I tell people this story that it's the one thing about is not to pat myself on the back or, or toot my own horn. But the truth of the matter is when you get an assistant and they are really, really good, you don't want to let them go. So what happened was I found that as I continued to grow in my career, I was getting pigeonholed in the position. And so it was really hard for me to move around or move up. They executives always gave me the opportunity to participate in other projects and other teams. I mean, I could really spread my wings, but they never wanted to move me out of my executive assistant role. So I did gain experience in other matters like human resources and recruiting. Um, I did eventually get myself out of an EA role and spent some time as a recruiter, but I always was just drawn back to this administrative support. Like I just really loved it and really loved the experience, but I didn't love corporate America. So I wanted to travel the world more. And this was back in 2016 before working remote was, you know, it was certainly not as popular as it is right now. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I set my sights on freelancing. I quit my corporate position at the time I was supporting a CEO. And yeah, I quit my position. I started doing a ton of reading and research prior to that on different jobs that I could have 
so that I could travel, but continue to work remote because honestly, I still have bills here in the United States. So I couldn't just jet set. And I kept coming across this virtual assistant work and it was super, super popular overseas, places like Europe and then also like the Philippines. But it was not as popular here in the United States. I was able to find just a couple of people that were really doing it and doing it on like a a freelancer scale, but a scale big enough to have a sustainable life financially. And I just continued to do the research. I continued and my husband actually encouraged me. He was like, why don't you just quit that job that you hate and that is leaving you very miserable and just jump out and start freelancing. And that's what I did. As a virtual assistant. As a virtual assistant. So I started freelancing as a virtual assistant. My client right out of the gate was a grower in Portland, Oregon in the cannabis industry. So I also told people, you know, I'm very honest and transparent. I did not land in the cannabis industry on purpose. Unlike some of my counterparts, I landed here by accident. But honestly, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Why is that? I just got exposed to, I had a career in which I I moved around a lot of different industries. So I had worked everywhere from like an actuary firm to fintech to human resources. I just was able to get a lot of skills in a lot of different areas, but I did not have any experience in the cannabis industry. And as a matter of fact, I wasn't even a cannabis consumer. And we can certainly talk more about that later, but it exposed me to a different industry. And also it allowed me the opportunity to kind of build a career for myself. Because again, back in 2016, um, we did not have as many legal states as we have now. So as the industry continued to grow, my business and my career continued to grow. So like I said, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And it really gave me what I was looking for in the corporate world. It allowed me to pave the way for myself. Well, so let's define what a virtual assistant is, because I think, I mean, most people probably know what that term means, but I know when I first heard the word VA virtual assistant. I thought there was some sort of like AI involved or something. Like I was, I was hiring a robot because there was a time and people do have like actual AI doing some of their um, like emailing and stuff. But, but, um, but tell me what a virtual assistant is. Yeah. So a virtual assistant is really more so about the title virtual is more so about location independence. So virtual assistants can work from anywhere. A lot of their work is done on their computers, right? So it's really someone who provides any type of administrative support that can be anything from social media to uh, project coordination and project management to calendar management, travel arrangement, booking you for conferences, finding speaking opportunities for you and doing business development. It could be sales support. It could range really is just based on your business needs. And so where the true value comes in is understanding and identifying what those items are and on the back end of your business that need to get done that you either are not motivated as a business owner to do. It financially doesn't make sense for you to do it just because your value per dollar, your bill rate, whatever you would charge hourly for, let's say, a consulting fee or for your business services, it doesn't make sense for you to be spending that high value dollar time on administrative work. And that's where you start to outsource and you delegate those things. How do you vet the talent that you connect people with? So I would imagine there's sort of two sides of your business, right? There's the side where you're finding virtual assistance for your clients, but there's also 
finding the the talent pool to choose from? Yeah. So there are a couple of different ways that we vet assistants and we do a very slow interviewing process. And so by that, I mean, not slow, like, you know, we take you through six weeks and 20 interviews, certainly not that, but we do take our time in identifying the right virtual assistants to pair with our clients. So one way in which we do that is experience. So how much experience do you have in the workforce, be it as in corporate America or even as a freelancer? So one is experience. And then two, how tech savvy are you? Because a lot of our tools, first of all, a lot of clients come and become clients of ours. They've either never had an assistant before. They're not even really sure what tools they need to have set up. So we want to bring that level of expertise to to our clients to say, hey, don't worry about that. Our VAs know exactly all the latest tech tools. They are up to par. They can help you to increase your process flows and your workflows and your project management. So we're looking for assistants who are tech savvy at a lot of those, I say, remote worker tech skills. And then another thing I would say is just having either a great, great desire to work in the cannabis industry or a passion to continue working in this industry or expand their work in this industry. I look at it as, you know, we're presenting an opportunity to virtual assistants or former executive assistants who already have the skills or they have transferable skills, but they really have a great passion to work in this industry. And that's super important, right? Because a lot of our clients have a mission that they're pursuing for their businesses. And we want assistants that are going to support them in that mission. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask like, it's, this is different than just finding your average virtual assistant that can do spreadsheets. Like this, this person does have to have some interest, hopefully experience, but certainly interest and not a bias or any kind of stigma attached to cannabis. Absolutely. And in addition to that, on our team, we do a lot of education. So I came into this industry not knowing anything about it. And I don't hold that against candidates at all. They can tell me all day they don't know anything about the cannabis industry. And I'll say like, don't worry, we're going to teach you. We're going to teach you all the terms that you need to know. We're going to talk legalization. We're going to talk about, talk through, you know, the appropriate and inappropriate things <laughs> to be done in this industry. The professionalism, the culture here is laid back in this industry, which is another reason why I love it. It's very laid back. It can be casual, but we always want to make sure that, you know, whenever we're client facing or we're going out into the marketplace on behalf of our clients, that we're presenting a level of professionalism that really sets us apart, not just as can assistance, but sets our clients apart as well. So that's important too. What is the, um, among your clients, what do they really need virtual assistants most for? Like where is the place where virtual assistants really help the most? What I have found over the past six years is that cannabis industry professionals are doing a lot. They are not just doing their one job as, you know, a CEO or a COO. They're doing everything from being a CEO and running their their day-to-day businesses to raising money, to doing PR and, and doing conferences and speaking engagements. They're putting their hands in so many different pots because the nature of this industry is one, it's fast moving. Two, the laws are changing all the time. And so they're always looking for these new opportunities. So a lot of times we are looking for assistants who can pivot with those business owners and who can change on the dime because that's the nature of our industry. So what we're finding is that cannabis industry entrepreneurs need people who are well-organized, 
to or need assistants who are very well organized to help them keep track of all these moving parts, all of these deadlines that they have. They have people pulling on them from a lot of different directions. And so they need a filter. They need someone that can kind of hone in on all the things that they have going on and create kind of like a project plan or some organization around what they're doing and make the path for them just a little bit clearer. So assistants come in and we help to kind of declutter your inboxes and we're decluttering all the requests that are coming in and we're just helping them stay on track to pursue their goals. And I think that is where the relief comes in because they have so many things coming at them in so many different directions that they just feel really relieved that somebody can come in, recognize all those things, organize it for them, and kind of like debrief them on what's going on and help keep their business moving along every day. Are the virtual assistants, where are they coming from? Are they generally based in North America or are they from, are they all over the world? I know when I, am I dabbling in getting a VA in another business? I had a VA for a minute and I think she was in Costa Rica, which is fine. But the thing is that her English wasn't like a hundred percent. And it was tricky sometimes with the emailing because I felt like she was kind of representing me on the emailing and it was like, not, you know, there was some broken English type stuff. And I just made me feel like, is that maybe that wouldn't come across as super professional or whatever. So I'm curious about that. Yeah. So all of our virtual assistants are currently U.S.-based assistants. So we don't have that concern on our team. However, the more our industry continues to expand on an international basis, the more I'm starting to consider if it's advantageous for us to be able to offer assistance from all over. I have We have clients that are running their businesses here in the United States, but as markets open in Puerto Rico and a variety, you know, just a variety of places, I am finding that we may have to start opening up a candidate pool overseas. We do have some bilingual assistants on our team. That's great. But I think we may find ourselves needing to open it up more just as the market continues to grow. All right. So the million dollar question is, of course, about money. And that's because, you know, I think a lot of people listening to this are probably like, this sounds amazing. I want to have a virtual assistant, but I can't afford an assistant. I, you know, that's not, that's not in my budget. And that's kind of a luxury that I can't afford. I'm an entrepreneur. I need to do things myself. So talk to me a little bit about cost. Okay. So one of the things that I express to people, and this kind of comes from my recruiting background, is the level of expense that it takes to onboard and offboard an employee. So before I kind of get into direct numbers of like what our services cost, I think it's more important for people to realize that anytime you spend the time and energy um, onboarding an employee and then it not working out, and so then you have to terminate that employee or offboard them, it becomes an, an exhausting cost. So the benefit of going through a virtual assistant agency is that you already have someone who has been vetted out. You already have an assistant who can come in, hit the ground running. We know exactly what needs to be done to kind of wrap our arms around our work. And so the amp up process is definitely shorter. Than, and then there is the lack of need for that CEO or professional or executive to train their assistant on how to be an assistant, right? There are some kind of personalized things that we do take into account when we're onboarding with clients. But again, we know those things. We know what questions to ask. And so that shortens that time as well. Another thing, that I think is important when considering costs is, again, it goes back to that high dollar value. What are you really, how much time are you spending as a business owner doing administrative work that could be delegated? And how much is that costing you? Because you can't spend the time doing the things that only you can do, which at the end of the day, it's going to bring in more business, expand your business. So if you're doing those things, you're losing money. So how much money are you already losing because you don't have an assistant? 
And then to kind of go into what our costs are. Now, I certainly don't want to tell you here on this call and tell all of your, all of your listeners what that cost looks like. And this is why. Generally, we have a discovery call. And on that call, I'm identifying with potential clients where are your gaps? I'm listening to their pain points and I'm immediately able to kind of pivot, provide solutions and tell them how assistance can, like our assistance can really come in and help them with those things. So I don't know if that answered your question. No, it does. And I don't want to, if you don't want to talk about the actual numbers, I get it. But is there a range? Like, are we talking about, you know, anywhere from let's say $50 an hour to $200 an hour? I mean, can you at least give me a rate? Yes, yes. So assistance, virtual assistance on our team can cost you anywhere from $30 an hour, I would say to $50 an hour. Now your $50 an hour assistant is going to be more of that, like you are hands off. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to even think about it. This person is going to be able to run your business and run all of the administrative side of things for you. So that's more of like, almost like your right-hand project manager person. So that's kind of where that range comes in. And is there a certain threshold of hours that that person needs to work a week for in order for you to consider placing that? person? Oh, okay. So we work actually on a retainer basis. So what that means is you and I, you as a potential client and I, you know, during that discovery call, we kind of identify what all is on your plate. What things are you immediately ready to delegate? What things are you struggling with? And then we identify those things. And then I kind of come to grips with like, okay, how many hours does this really take? Um, Because sometimes potential clients don't know that they don't, they just know they're in trouble and they need help. So I come in and I I can help identify that. Now, our retainer packages start as small as 40 hours a month, which is about 10 hours a week, and they can increase from there. And so uh, the reason we do it that way is because work ebbs and flows, right? So you can need an assistant for 45 hours this month and next month it might be 20. So that allows you the opportunity to kind of ebb and flow with your business and it allows your assistant to do the same. We don't want clients to be stressed out about hours. That's another thing. Cause that's like one more thing you're thinking about is like, I don't want you to do too many hours. So you start piecemealing the work and then you're not able to do and get as much done. So that's also why we've created that retainer basis model. And is the retainer in addition to the hourly or that's part of that? It just encompasses everything. It encompasses everything. Wow. That's really cool. All right. So if people want to find out more about your company, can assistance, what should they do. If you want to find out more about Can Assistance, you can go to our website, canassistance.com, or you can follow me on Instagram. I am Tajana, and there is plenty of information um, there, as well as you can click the link in my bio, you know, all the things the new kids are doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kids today. Tajana Mallory, thank you so much for taking the time to explain this all to me. It's really interesting what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Jonathan. I really appreciate it. Now, Should I email you after this to see if you're ready to have that discovery call? (laughs) (laughs) I believe you should. I believe you should. Uh, You know how to find me. For sure. Yeah, let me know. I appreciate it greatly. Well, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. To find out more about Green Entrepreneur, head on over to greenentrepreneur.com for the latest cannabis and CBD news thoughtful essays, tips, and insider tricks on how to succeed in the cannabis business, all that good stuff. And hey, if you like this podcast, do me a huge solid and go to wherever you may 
listen to your podcast and please rate and review our podcast. It does wonders for the algorithm, helps others find the podcast. Would so appreciate a review and a rating. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.